The following message by Shane Sowers is brought to you by Central Baptist Church, Aurora, Colorado. www.cbcaurora.com All right, if you got your Bibles, let's go to Haggai. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 2. So today is our second to the last. So next week will be our last sermon in Haggai. And I thought what we're going to do is we're going to go right from Haggai right into Micah. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book of Micah, but wow, we're going to have some fun in Micah. Um, One more sermon next week in Haggai, right into Micah, and then after we get through the book of Micah, I'm going to do something that I have not done since I have been here. We are going to go through a gospel. So we're going to go through the gospel of Matthew after we're done with uh, Micah, all right? Uh, After that, the Lord has not given me any foresight past Micah or uh, fast Ma- uh, Matthew. So I don't know what we're going to do after that. But that's kind of the lineup. That's what's coming up. Um, while you're turning, one morning, R.C. Chapman, he was a devout Christian. He was asked how he was feeling. And he said, I am so burdened this morning with a smile on his face. But his happy countenance contradicted his words. So the questioner examined or exclaimed in surprise, are you really burdened, Mr. Chapman? Yes, but it's a wonderful burden. It's an overabundance of blessings for which I cannot find enough time or words to express my gratitude. Seeing the puzzled look on the face of his friend, Chapman added with a smile, I am referring to Psalm 68, 19, which fully describes my condition. In that verse, the Father in heaven reminds us that he daily loads us with benefits. See, the blessings of the Lord... They are abundant. Got to see this. The blessings of the Lord are abundant, and they are totally overflowing in so many different ways and at many different times. But the issue is, is that it's always there. So Psalm 68 verse 19, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God our Savior. For each day he carries us in his arms. Wow, every day he carries us in his arms. And every time I come to this part, I come to these kinds of scriptures where we talk about how God carries us, how God leads us, how God guides us, how God does these things. When he does this, many times I'm reminded of the many times many of us have said these words. I just don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if you guys have said those words, but sometimes we go through so much trial, so much difficulty in their life, and I'm talking with you and you're going, Shane, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm not sure I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to survive another day. I don't think I'm going to survive one more day. I don't think this is going to happen. Some of you all say that to me on Sundays. I don't know if I'm going to make it to another day. I don't think I'm going to make it through another week. Man, if something doesn't happen, I'm not going to survive. And you know what happens the following week? I say, hey, how's it going? And many of you are like, wow, you know, God is good. How does that happen? Interesting, right? So many times we feel like we're just not going to make it, but somehow we make it to the next week. We are here. Maybe our situation is not better, but you know what? You're here. Maybe it's because we were being hyperbolic with our speak. Maybe we were exaggerating it. 
You know, like I, I say, I don't know how to make it. My air conditioner broke last week and I just don't think I'm going to make it through the next week. Maybe we're being hyperbolic. Or maybe we're speaking correct that we are experiencing troubles and trials and tribulations, all these things that are difficult. Maybe God carried us this week through the hardship. Was not his blessing still there? Was not his blessing still with us? Maybe he didn't abandon us after all. Maybe we're still here. And we were falling last week, but somehow, some way, we always land on our feet. It's amazing. It's amazing when we look at this. Many times we don't think God's blessing is with us because what we're really seeing is that it's not really the blessing we are wanting or it's not the blessing that we were hoping for. Again, we get to a place where we are asking God for stuff, but we get discouraged and we get upset because it does not happen the way we want it to happen. We don't get what we asked for. But here's the thing. In our mature immaturity, we always fall into this place where we're wanting things that's not good for us. You know, I was, I was talking with Alethea this past week, and we were talking about the rich young ruler. And at the, end of the, at the end of that whole story, the parable that Jesus gives, he goes, only with great difficulty does a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. It's amazing. When we read that passage of scripture, Jesus says, only with great difficulty does a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. And then I said to the kids, how many of y'all want to be rich? And all the hands went. For real. And I'm just like, didn't Jesus just tell us? (laughs) I want all of you guys to line up. I'm going to choke every single one of you. (laughs) That's the altar call we have during the week. Get choked by the pastor. (laughs) Do we not understand that? And yet we're praying for it. We're praying for it. We're just, God, you just don't understand. God, I just got to have. God, I just want. I'm so sick and tired of being poor. I just want to be rich. Why, God, can't you make me rich? Pastor Shane, he doesn't make me rich. Why can't I be rich? Why can't all this stuff? (laughs) Only with great difficulty. So you think that life is going to be easier the more money you have. And Jesus is trying to tell you that it's only going to get more difficult. So in our immaturity, are we wanting things that are not good for us? Because here's here's the thing, right? Shane, God is testing me. God is bringing all kinds of trials and tribulations on my life. God is really bringing it down on me. What does the Bible tell us to do when you face trials of many kinds? Count it all joy. Good job, Barbara. I know somebody else said it too, but Barbara, I heard Barbara. Let's give Barbara some money after service today. (laughs) I told her to say that. (laughs) 
We're supposed to count it all joy. Supposed to count it all joy. You know? And I, I think about this past week as I'm doing our outreach. And, and, and with the outreach, I'm doing my very best to try to, uh, to have conversations with people. So when people post on our videos, I'm trying to make sure that I respond to them. Okay, I don't want to be like the rock stars where people post stuff and they don't say nothing, right? I, we, we respond. We respond so much that some of our videos, we may have like 100 likes on it, but we got 1,000 comments on it. Why? Because we're engaging. So I'm talking. All this stuff. And the, you got to understand the people in the world think that it's really bizarre some of the things Christians will say. Like I, I mentioned in the past couple of videos that we did, I talked about my heart condition, my heart issue. So, of course, people in the world are going to go on that. Well, yeah, Shane, wow, Shane, you're so faithful to God. You're doing all these videos. You're doing all this stuff. You're standing up for God. You're standing for all this stuff, and he doesn't heal you of your heart condition. Oh, what a loving God that is, Shane. All, all the time, we get this. Oh, yeah, yeah, just subject to all this stuff. Yeah, God doesn't sound so loving when he lets his people, who, his, his boys who are out there doing his work, and he's going to let you suffer. He's going gonna to let, let you suffer for all of the stuff. So, hey, Shane, you're subject to all the insults. If you guys will look at our comments, yes, I'm insulted constantly. So you're subject to all the insults that you get, and yet this is how God rewards you. By letting you have heart problems, why doesn't he heal you? And they think it's really bizarre when my response is, I am honored to suffer in the name of Christ. You know, they, they think I'm mental or something. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Shane? You've got serious problems. You were abused as a child, weren't you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll come up with all this stuff. How could you say such a thing? I'm honored to suffer for Christ. But see, this is what's happening in the body of Christ more and more every single day. Christians are not honored to suffer for Christ anymore. Not. We're upset with God because God has us suffer. When we go through difficulty in life, when we go through trials, when we go through all this stuff, we don't take joy in it. We get mad at God for it. And then we're frustrated. And then we're angry. And it's just like, I don't want to serve God no more. But I still go to church just to make sure I get in the heaven. <laughs> right? Isn't that the funniest thing? People are to be like, I'm mad at God. I want nothing to do with God. But I'm going to do the minimum I can to make sure I go to heaven. So you can spend eternity with the person you hate. Yeah, it's bizarre what's happening. It's bizarre when trials and tribulations and things comes in. It's bizarre how we react, how we, how we respond. Again, we get to the place where we're asking God for stuff, but we get discouraged and we get upset because it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen. We don't get what we ask for, so we get upset. And now we confuse. Watch this confusion. If you guys forget everything else, listen to what I'm saying here. Our confusion is we confuse the blessing of God with his absence. God is blessing us by not giving us what we're asking for. And we think that he's just being an absentee landlord. It's amazing. 
It's amazing. We confuse God's blessing with God's distance. When we approach how God deals with us and how he has dealt with us, when we just sit down and think, you know, here, I'm going to jump off. I, I, was kind of a, I was kind of a typical, you know, young guy in college. And when you're a Christian guy in college in the ministry, the second most important decision that you make in life is not whether or not you're going to serve God. Okay, so as a young man in the ministry, the second most important decision you're going to make other than serving God is who you're going to marry. Seriously, this is ingrained that in your head, Shane. You don't understand, man. You got to be careful. You got to be careful with the person that you're going to marry because the person that you marry is going to dictate whether you're going to survive in the ministry or not. That's not a lie. Oh, man, I've seen many a men leave the ministry because, because wife doesn't cooperate. I get it. Okay, so I get it. You got to be careful with who it is that you marry. You got to just make sure. And so I was careful. I prayed really hard. Ever since I got saved, you know, watching Jimmy Swaggart on TV one day. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Do you guys know that my first hero was Jimmy Swaggart? Oh, yeah, I used to have, I could have, I had everything down, man. The, the facial expression, the handkerchief. Man, I could do an altar call like Jimmy, sorry, you, would, you wouldn't believe. Anyway, from that moment, I started praying and praying for my wife. And I prayed for my wife. And thank God, God gave me a wonderful wife, a beautiful wife. I was telling her this morning that she's so beautiful, she's so hot, that when she walks into the room, there should be music in the background. <laughs> Every time she takes a step, dun, 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 dun. Anyway, um, so you, you, you got you to gotta do this, you got to pray. And so, you know, you go through all this difficulty and you go through all this time, you go through everything. But here's the thing, I can tell you so many times while I was praying for my wife, where I would have a girlfriend at the time, and I was like, this is the one. Oh yeah, this one's the one, God. This is the one you have for me. This, I know this is the one, right? So I'm praying for this one. And then I'm so sure. And then things don't work out. She says, you know what, Shane? I want to see other people. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you were the one. I thought this was the one. And I prayed and I fasted and I prayed to make sure, God, you know, this is the one that I want. This is the one that I want. And I never, never, it never happened. And you know what I say today? Thank God he didn't listen to me when I prayed for her. You see what I'm talking about? Like, we're going to look back in life, all these things. I know for a fact, God, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. You don't understand us, all this stuff. And God says no. How many times do we look back and we say, thank God he said no? Thank God he said no. Thank God, he said no. When we approach how God deals with us and how he has dealt with us, we know and we can see now, looking back, that we are so blessed. We are blessed 
beyond measure. Let's take a look. Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 to 19. Haggai chapter 2, verses 10 to 19. This is a long one, but hang in there. On December 18th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Ask the priests this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes and his robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil or any other kind of food, will it also become holy? The priests replied, no. Then Haggai asked, if someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person and then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? And the priest answered, yes. Then Haggai responded, that is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do, everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Look at what was happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. When you hoped for a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you only found 20. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you worked so hard to produce. See, that, that's, that passage is real quick. That's devastating to prosperity gospel, isn't it? Right? <laughs> if you believe the prosperity gospel, that, that scripture right there is so devastating. Anyway, even so, you refuse to return to me, says the Lord. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain, and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. And here it is, right here, boom. But from this day onward, I will bless you. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. May it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We pray that your word will accomplish its purpose today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing we're going to look at today is the rhetorical question asked by the Lord to illustrate the current state of the people of God and the vivid description of the people of God in the eyes of the Lord. That's a big point right there. Second, we're going to see the amazing blessing of the Lord ultimately in the giving of his son, Jesus. So our thesis statement today is this, though sin and the pattern of this world cause us to lose sight of the continued blessing of God in our lives, it is the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the scriptures that will open our hearts and minds to the truth of the blessings of God and how we are and will always be blessed beyond measure because of Christ and Christ alone. Point number one, the question. The question for the priests about the law. The meat that was offered was holy. So if the meat carried in a robe, if that robe touches anything, will it also become holy? Leviticus chapter 6 verse 25. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 25. Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the sin offering. The animal given as an offering for sin is a most holy offering and it must be slaughtered in the Lord's presence at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 27. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 27. Anyone or anything that touches the sacrificial meat will become holy. If any of the sacrificial blood splatters on a person's clothing, the soiled garment must be washed in a sacred place. So the thing is, is like he didn't say if anybody touches the meat. They said if anyone touches the robe, 
the robe that's touching the meat. So if anyone touches the robe of the meat, if that thing touches anything, does it pass holiness onto those things? So again, the holy portions were carried in the robes of the priests. And according to Leviticus 6.27, the garment itself would be holy. But here it is. Holiness would not be passed on from the garment to anything that it might touch. So that's why the priest said no. So if it just brushes up against something, it, even though it is holy, it's not going to turn whatever it touches. It's not going to make it holy. So this is why the priest said no. And then we would see the contrast. The contrast would be ritual defilement. The ritual defilement. Will that be passed on? Something is defiled. Will that be passed on? Leviticus chapter 22, verses 4 to 7. Leviticus chapter 22, verses 4 to 7. If any of Aaron's descendants has a skin disease or any kind of discharge that makes him ceremonially unclean, he may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has been pronounced clean. He also becomes unclean by touching a corpse or by having an emission of semen, or by touching a small animal that is unclean, or by touching someone who is ceremonially unclean for any reason. The man who is defiled in any of these ways will remain unclean until evening. He may not eat from the sacred offering until he has bathed himself in water. When the sun goes down, he will be ceremonially clean again and may eat from the sacred offerings, for this is his food. So if you are unclean, and you touch, or if you're not unclean, but you touch somebody who's unclean, guess what happens? You become unclean. So it's different. Defilement is a little bit different here, right? And actually not a little bit, a lot of it different. Here's the charge, and this is what he's saying. This is how it is for my people. Now watch how devastating this is. This is what my people are like. Everything that you do, And everything that you touch is defiled. Even the good things that you do, like offering sacrifices to the Lord, guess what happens? You are unclean. You take the sacrifice. You do everything that you can to go through all the processes, and then you offer it to the Lord. But what's the Lord saying? Anything you do and anything you touch is unclean. Well, how in the world are we supposed to ever get clean If we're already defiled and everything we do and everything that we touch is unclean, even if somehow, some way, I get myself clean, if I touch somebody else, I'm going to be unclean. It does not matter. No matter what you do, you are going to be unclean. Even the good things you do, like sacrifices, are all defiled. How can anything be made holy if you are defiled? How can the offerings that purge defilement when you're already defiled? How can you lay down and fold clean white sheets and keep them clean white sheets if you are covered with mud from head to toe? You're covered with mud from head to toe and you're trying to keep white sheets clean. Every time you touch it, it becomes defiled. Holiness is incommunicable, but defilement is definitely communicable. It is something you will pass on. It will, pa- it will pass on to one another with even more contagion than COVID-19. It will pass on to one another with more contagion than even the Colorado stomach flu. Even more contagious than the contagious stupidity that comes from people who watch TikTok videos. This is the reality of our sin, family. 
the reality of our sin. This is the reality of the effects of our sin. This is our problem. This is our predicament. This is what it is to be defiled by sin. This is why it's said in Isaiah, Isaiah 64, verse 6, Isaiah 64, verse 6, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. That's why Isaiah says that. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. But Shane, Shane, you don't understand, man. I'm doing really good. This whole week, I prayed every single day. Yup, yup. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. Proverbs 28, verse 9. God detests the prayers of a person who ignores the law. You ignore the law, God detests your prayers. You pray, God is going to hate it. But Shane, I'm praying. Doesn't God want us to pray? You see? But Shane, I'm doing really good things for the Lord. I worship the Lord in church on Sundays. I go to church on Sundays. That's got to count for something. Amos chapter 5, verse 21. Amos 5, 21. I hate all your show and pretense. The hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. God hates it. Hates it. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 20. Jeremiah 6, 20. There's no use offering me sweet frankincense from Sheba. Keep your fragrant calamus imported from distant lands. I will not accept your burnt offerings. Your sacrifices have no pleasing aroma for me. Ooh. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. Isaiah 1, 12 to 15. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts the incense of your offerings disgust me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. Wow. These are people that are coming together to worship God. And this is what God is telling them. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen, for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wow. So even when we're doing good, we're sinning. What's uh, Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 to 28. Matthew 23, 27 to 28. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Family, God rejecting the worship of his people. So if you thought that was an impossibility, man, oh, that's impossible. God doesn't reject the worship of his people. He absolutely does. He absolutely does. It's so bad that even when we do good things for God, he hates it. Do not be deceived today. Unless the blessing of God is upon us, there is no good thing that we can do. Nothing. Nothing. Without Jesus, without God, you can do nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, 
you can do nothing. Nothing. Family, without God's blessing on this, we can do nothing. This is the message that's being said to them. You, apart from me, can do nothing. If I don't bless what it is that you do, it will be nothing. Do not be deceived today. And see, this is the thing. One of our biggest problems in our culture today is self-deception, right? Self-deception. Come on, I see on social media the, uh, the icons, the avatars that you guys make. You don't look like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of you do. <laughs> Walking with warped perspectives. Thinking that we are okay when we're not. Walking with blinding spectacles. Covering our eyes like children thinking that as long as we don't see it, it's not there. Covering our ears thinking that as long as we don't hear it, it's not there. Covering our mouths thinking that as long as we don't speak it, it does not really exist in our hearts. We deceive ourselves in thinking that we are doing good when we're really not. One of the famous illustrations that you hear about this, this point about True obedience to God. So let's just say Eve is in the garden, right? So she's by the tree. The serpent is, is starting to tempt her and starting to tell her, you want to do this, right? You want to do this because, you know, it's, it's good for food, pleading to the eyes. No, you're not going to die. God just, he just knows that if you do, you're going to be like him, you know, knowing good and evil, all that stuff, right? So serpent's doing that. Eve is talking. Now what happens if Eve actually says no? This is what happens. So Eve says no. She looks, she says no, and she goes, you know what? It sounds like a good idea, but you know what? Uh, I'm kind of at my calorie count today. I hit my limit already. And so I don't want to add any more calories in my life. I'm watching my weight right now. I don't want to have to kill any more animals to get their skin because I don't fit in my clothes anymore. Okay, I'm watching, watching my figure. So I'm going to pass on the fruit. And she says no, and she walks away. Thanks, but no thanks. She didn't eat the fruit, but did she obey the Lord? You see? You see the catch? She didn't eat the fruit, but that doesn't mean she obeyed God. This is how we deceive ourselves. We think that just because we're doing certain things, just because we did it, just because these certain things didn't happen, we think that we obeyed the Lord. We think that we're good. We think that I I should be counted as righteous because I didn't do that. But the question is, why didn't you do that? I need you guys to understand that I'm I'm good. I'm perfect today. I'm, I'm not those like those liars out there. I don't lie. I don't lie. I absolutely will not lie. I'm above that. I'm not like those lowly, horrible, lying people. I'm above that. I'm bigger than that. I'm better than that. I don't lie. Yeah, you don't lie, but are you obeying God? Don't you guys see how humble I am? I need you guys to recognize and just see the the amazing humility that's in my life. You need to have humility like me. Just be like me. I'll help you with this. You know, if you just act like me, you'll be the most humble person in the world, like me. 
almost, because I'm the most humble person in the world. Don't you see? Yeah, humility, but am I obeying the Lord? Hmm. Humility, but am I obeying the Lord? Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Far from me. Now watch this. I've done this before. I wonder if some of you guys remember, though. So here's a bottle of water. I need some. Hold on one second. All right. Bottle of water. The bottle of water illustration. The famous bottle of water illustration. Okay? Bottle of water in my hand. Okay? I watched, uh, I forgot, I think it's Paul Tripp. Paul Tripp did this. So I watched, so I watched this. This is where I got it. It's amazing. Awesome. Bottle of water. You guys see it? Okay, watch. Why did the water fall on the floor? Whoa, okay, I heard, I heard the answer. Because I shook it. That's what everyone says. Shane, water came out of that bottle because you shook it. Do you know why water came out of the bottle? Water came out of the bottle because water was in it. Water came out of the bottle because water was in it. I sinned today, but you know why I sinned, Shane? I sinned because people were messing with me today. That's the reason why I sinned, because they were messing with me. I told them to leave me alone, and they wouldn't leave me alone. I woke up in the morning, and I was in a bad mood. I didn't sin. I was just in a bad mood. And I told my family. I told my husband. I told my wife. I told the kids, don't mess with me today. But they messed with me, and that's why I sinned. People did me wrong today. They did me wrong. That's the reason why I sinned. You know what? I couldn't help it, man. They were tempting me. They were tempting me so hard. That's the reason why I sinned. I sinned because life was shaking me. No, you sinned because sin is in you. Whew. All they did was make the sin that was in you come out. We got to get this. We got to see this. Because if we can see this, then we recognize and realize that in everything that happens in life, all our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. Family, Christianity is so simple. It's so easy. Anything that goes wrong in your life, anything that goes bad, anything that happens that you don't like, anything, and you don't have the answer, you don't know what you're supposed to do. There's only one place we go to. We don't have to worry about trying this out and trying this method out, trying this pill out, trying this energy drink out, trying all these things out, trying out certain you know, self-help programs. Trying how, we don't have to do all the things that the world does because all of our hope, all the answer 
is in Christ and in Christ alone. Simple. But man, we don't like it. We have a difficult time with it. From, they, from this day on, point number two, from this day onward, I will bless you. And that's all we have. The abundant blessings that God has given to his people that we have in Christ. And what we found to be amazing for the people in Israel while they're building the temple, the Lord was showing their plight. The Lord was showing their defilement, the consequences of their defilement, rebellion, and the, the, the move of God on them, their repentance, the Lord sparking their enthusiasm, and all the defilement and everything that was happening. But the Lord was saying that all of this is going to be okay. Do you know why you're going to be okay? Because from this day onward, I am going to bless you. From this day onward, I am going to bless you. And this is the wonderful promise for us today. Wonderful promise. Because we need to recognize the truth. And the truth is what? That we were sinful from the beginning. Romans declares that no one is righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one on earth who always does good and never sins. All defiled by flesh and suffer from the effects of original sin. In Adam, all were made sinners. And you know what? Even if that was not the case, at some point, we all broke one of the Ten Commandments. But Shane, I may have broke one of the Ten Commandments, but I only broke one. James chapter 2, verse 10. James chapter 2, verse 10. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. It's clear, family. Defilement, it's there defiled, continuing to be defiled, passing on our defilement to others, passing on the effects of our defilement to others, causing others to fall, causing others to sin. What is wrong with the world? A newspaper editorial once asked G.K. Chesterton. What is wrong with the world? They asked G.K. Chesterton. And he wrote in reply, I am. Yeah, that's our plight. That's our defilement. See, and so, so family, for me, as I'm replying and, and having conversations with these people on social media, they ask that all the time. Shane, how can you say, with the heart issues that you have in your life, how can you say that God loves you? How can you say that? Why would you say something like that? could you do that? And my response to them is this, because I know God loves me. I do. I know God loves me, but it has nothing to do with whether my heart is healed or not. I know God loves me because he sent his son to die on the cross for me that today I can have life and life more abundant. That's how I know. That's how I know. This is the amazing thing, that when Jesus came into this world, that was God telling us what? 
Jesus comes into the world and God is saying, from this day onward, I will bless you. From this day onward, family, we are blessed because of the work and because of the continued work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive and well, sitting at the right-hand throne of the Father with all authority in heaven and on earth given to him. And this man is interceding for us, pleading for us to the Father for our benefit and for us to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. Whoo, man. So, okay, Shane, I get it. So what you're saying is I can be saved from this. Yes, you can be saved from this because God is blessing us today with a blessing that never stops because Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Family, he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's an awesome thing, an amazing thing. And the promises continue that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is here with the blessing of God that will be a blessing forever. It is in our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who is coming back one day to judge the living and the dead. It's our Lord, our Lord, the blessing of God, right? The blessing of the Lord. And Jesus is that fulfillment that God had made to Abraham. What did he say? Your seed would be the, a blessing for the whole world. Jesus is a blessing to the whole world, to the whole universe, to everything, to everyone blessing and we pray that his blessings will continue to carry us on so that we can live our lives and I mean this family live our lives with one purpose and that is to glorify our God that each one of us today will say that in our hearts that the only reason why I'm here on earth, the only reason why I'm taking a step today, the only reason why I live today is to bring glory to my living Lord. And if I can't do that, then there's no point in living anymore. He's it. He's everything. Because it was Christ's obedience. His good works. His sacrifice was not defiled. Jesus' sacrifice was holy. It was acceptable. It covered the cost. Family, because of the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ makes us holy today. Holy we are, and holy we will be forever. Let's pray. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. For more information about Central Baptist Church, go to www.cbcaurora.com.